Good morning, saints. With Erica's ear problems, I'm here to give her a little bit of a break from this part of our uh, of our service today. Many of you may know I do what they call pulpit supply for our presbytery. I jump in and preach and lead worship in other churches when they need it. I preach regularly in Dillonvale and was in Barnesville last week, for example. Uh, but because churches who use um, supply often have many fill-ins. I don't usually worry about being compared to the pros, okay? But in Barnesville, they've got the Reverend Willits as their interim minister. And here I have to step in today, briefly, the shoes of Erica Harley as she recovers from her ear problems. I must admit it is intimidating, and I'm not easily intimidated. What I'm saying is don't critique me too badly. I will do my best, but I'm no Erica. Several weeks ago was Transfiguration of the Lord's Sunday, and Erica preached one way in looking at that text. As it turns out, our lectionary today offers that same text as another option for today. I'm going to take a little different text, a little different take on it when we get to the message. So if it starts out like deja vu all over again, just hang in there. But first, although we've had a song of illumination, I always like to have a prayer of illumination, so uh, pray with me. Good morning, God. God of signs and wonder, we come to your word again and again, seeking understanding, seeking the new life your word offers us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, illumine our hearts and our minds so we may believe this testimony and have eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We turn first to the book of Genesis for our Old Testament reading in chapter 12, the first four verses. Hear now the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing unto others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. And our gospel text that I've chosen today, and again, it's a bit different than what you find in your bulletin. Our gospel text today continues in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. As I mentioned, it is once again the transfiguration of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. So his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, A bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down to the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone. And they saw only Jesus. 
As they went back down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen today until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. It is the beginning of our battle hymn of the Republic. I actually have to stop with just those lines because the rest of the battle hymn doesn't really relate to what I think is important about our message today. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Do you ever feel like you've seen the coming of the Lord? Do you feel like you've been bathed in glory? Have you ever been to that mountain top? Now, many sermons on this scripture will focus on the top of the mountain experience. What happens there when you get to the pinnacle? I want to talk about climbing up and going down. Our lectionary text reminds us it is more than just seeing the glory of the Lord. It is climbing the mountain to see that glory. Facing whatever difficulties that climb might bring. And it is coming back down from the mountain to face reality. Which is really what I want to focus on today. Climbing up the mountain for glory so we can come back down and do God's work among men. Now, a brief moment to review the story. It involves Jesus, three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. They trek up the mountain. It is not named in this scripture, but most uh, scholars, I'm not a scholar, but most scholars I have read suggest it is Mount Tabor. I looked that up. Pretty good mountain, 1,900 feet is its pinnacle. But what makes it a majestic is it stands out as a high mountain with a lot of low land surrounding it. So when they get to the top of the mountain, Jesus transformed into that blaze of white light, looking like sun. His clothing is transformed, and Matthew says his face shone like the sun. And in the midst of this transfiguration, two of the Old Testament characters suddenly appear. Moses and Elijah begin to talk to the characters on top of the mountain. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets of the Old Testament. Now joined by Jesus, who brings his new law as he fulfills his prophecy. And while Peter is responding to the appearance of those two, an even greater manifestation occurs. A cloud comes down, out of the cloud comes the voice of God. God says basically two things. This is my son. He's verifying. He is the son of God. God's messenger here on earth. And the second thing he says is, listen to him. Because God says to those who are gathered there, he speaks for me. Jesus speaks for God. And Jesus brings his message directly to you. Now, we have to remember that at this point in his preaching, a lot of people believed that he probably was the Messiah. But what that Messiah was going to be was still a little unclear to a lot of folks, even those who were followers of Jesus. But for these three apostles, now God has been very clear. God has been very clear in his own majestic voice. This is my son and he speaks my word. Perhaps in fear, they bow down. Jesus comes, he touches them and says, be not afraid, stand up. And the transfiguration is over 
and the miracle is done. So that's the story, and in some ways it can seem fairly straightforward. God showing himself, identifying Jesus as his son. But I think there's more to this that we should think about than just that. The mountaintop itself has a metaphorical meaning. It's a place where earth meets sky. That high pinnacle where man figuratively can touch the face of God. The top of the mountain is also generally a place of peace and calm. Climbing the mountain, clearing the way, cleansing the mind, reaching that top, making us more open in our, both our hearts and our minds to hearing and understanding the voice of and the will of God. But getting to the top of that mountain can be an arduous climb. It is certainly not just a stroll in the park. It is not an easy hike up a winding slope. It can be a difficult climb. And it may be the very difficulty in climbing that leaves us a little bit weak when we reach the top. A tad disoriented, breathing hard that prepares us to see the transfigured glory of our Lord. You know, we are all climbing a mountain of some kind. Our own personal mountain. Now, for some of us, mountain climbing may be a very physical thing. For some of you, may literally be climbing mountains. Men and women in the military confronting the enemy, the barrel of a gun, or climbing a mountain. Men and women in pain, perhaps near death, or climbing their own mountain. But for others, it may be something less than physical. It may be overcoming our anger at society or our fear of what's happening in the world today. Our confusion... And a rapidly changing culture that sometimes feels like it's leaving us behind. How it all seems so different from the one in which many of us grew up. The ones that we are comfortable with. The mountain may be trying to understand that new culture. Can we ever do it? Female empowerment, ethnic diversity, LGBTQ, young people who don't attend church. And many who say they don't have any religion at all. It can be disoriented and it can be confusing. And perhaps conquering those are the mountains we have to climb. Maybe the mountain in front of you is simple as letting go of a long-held grudge against your neighbor or grief from losing a loved one or pain in your ear. Perhaps you're climbing your own mountain with your own challenges. They could be large, they could be small. But when you get to the top of the mountain, when you overcome the challenge, when you have battled and won over your challenges, when you reach the figurative mountaintop, the air is cleaner and your mind is open and your heart is ready. Having climbed your mountain with God's help, you can see the bright white light of the glory that is Jesus. Now, Peter, James, and John had the physical help of Jesus in getting up their mountain. He was with them there in body. But all of us have Jesus lead us up our mountains, whatever those challenging mountains may be. Where is Jesus leading us? What mountaintop is he taking us to? Where are we going to be apart and away from our normal places and tasks so we can better see and understand God? And what unfamiliar territory are we being asked to cross so we can hear the voice of God? 
and reorient our lives to better reflect God's instructions from the law and the prophets and the Messiah. Whatever our mountains are, when we've reached the mountaintop, we are finally able to glimpse the true glory of God. And in that glory, we can rest easy. In preparing this message, a couple of cultural references kept popping up. One was the Battle of Hymn of the Republic, my eyes have seen the glory. The other was I kept remembering the words of Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis the night before he was killed. He addressed that crowd of people who had been climbing their own mountains for a very long time, battling racism, war, unfair labor, housing practices, and so on. And he closed with these memorable words, which are very familiar to all of us, and you can almost hear in his own own voice, well, I don't know what will happen to me now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter to me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Next day he was killed. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. tempted to end the message right here, but the text does not end here. Our text has another concluding verse that I think is critically important. It's verse 9. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The glory of God, the true, complete, total glory of God, not just comes from the mountaintop, but is only seen in the context of what happens after the mountain. Jesus knew his death lay ahead. But when he came off that mountain... He waded back into the crowds of humanity that needed him. And he continued to heal the sick, help the poor, the hungry, the homeless. And he continued to preach that message to us. You do not recognize the power of the mountain until we return to the valley. It is our glimpse of glory on the mountain that sustains us during our valley times. Climb our mountains, whatever they may be, to see God's glory. Come down from the mountain to do God's work. This is a clarion call from the Lord to all of us 
who claim the name of Christians. May it be so for you and for all of us.